to listen to the Left Traffic Podcast. What is up, Left Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 272 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. I'm your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Race four is in the books with four different winners. I love that. Oh, I, I hope we get to say that for many weeks into the future here. Ah, it's it's just so cool. It's refreshing. It's great. Um, but man, there's there's some things to talk about, and I am excited to get into all of that, which I will. Uh, but first, a little recap. You know, took a uh, took a week off last week just because uh, things busy when you got a baby. Uh, can't believe Alden is going to be a month old tomorrow. It's crazy. Can't believe how much bigger he is. And to watch this this little guy just develop his his own little personality already is just so awesome. Uh, Friday night, hung out with some friends from the old neighborhood. They came over to see him. And Saturday, Yonkers came over to meet the little guy. And Sunday, didn't really get off the couch, which was fantastic. Uh, some much needed uh, rest for both Lindsay and myself and all that good stuff. Um, few things happened since the last show, though. Uh, I mean, hey, baseball is back. Uh, you know, lockout, all that stuff. You know, I can't wait. Chill on the patio. Something on a Traeger. Baseball, Detroit Tigers on the radio. And the little guy hanging out outside with us. Uh, and, and speaking of the little guy. Uh, Sherwin has nicknamed him the general, which I absolutely love. Uh, I tweeted out a picture of him in a grunt style bib. Uh, that picture blew up a little bit, which was awesome. Grunt style saw it. They mentioned me, said how much they loved it. So I think Alda needs to be the official baby of grunt style. I'm just I'm just saying, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do there. I think that'd be freaking awesome. Uh, he loves grunt style. I love grunt style. Let's let's make it happen. <laughs> Uh, and hey, uh, Tom Brady is back. I wish he was coming back to finish out his career uh, in Michigan with the Detroit Lions. But I know that's obviously a far-fetched dream. And, and uh, you know, uh, here I am. I'll wake up from that. And uh, But yeah, Tom Brady, after two months, gas prices are so high that even Tom Brady's got to go back to work and, uh, and play some more football. So I love it. I can't wait. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's something behind that uh, I wonder if we'll ever know the truth but uh, I am I'm excited because now I got a keeper pick in one of my fantasy leagues and uh, yeah I'm pumped all right uh, let's see been a couple weeks but uh, a couple weeks ago 271 Dustin Albino was on the show like I said didn't do did not do my own show last week but I was on the Blowing the Doors Off podcast with Brett and uh, Sherwin and had a great time there. So uh, I hope you guys check that out. Uh, Brett has his own hunting podcast, which has done really well. Sherwin obviously uh, had the PETM podcast, and those two decided to uh, put their talents together. And uh, you have the Blowing, Blowing the Doors Off podcast and had a lot of fun. We talked uh, smoking meat. We talked NASCAR. We talked betting, all the good stuff. Go check that out for sure. And let's see. Here we are tonight, 272. Got Grant Enfinger from the Truck Series, which is awesome. He's back on the show. And uh, Kristen, I'm sorry, 
Christian Rose in the ARCA series is going to be making his LTP debut. And let's see. We've got some recaps from the races this weekend at Phoenix. Social media shout outs. Picked up a lot of followers. We are so close to 6,000 followers. Get to that here in a little bit. Uh, Newdorf will be on for some weather. Lucky dog lap down and, and fantasy to close it out. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line, making his seventh appearance on the show. He is the driver of the number 23 Chevy with GMS. Welcome back to the show, Grant Enfinger. Grant, how are you, brother? I'm doing good, Brandon. Appreciate you having me back. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for coming back on seven times. Uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, you know how much I appreciate the support from you, and uh, it's it's been fun to have you on over the years, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. So, all right, before we get into to truck racing, um, you know, you and I have a, a similar story here in that uh, Georgia beat Alabama and Georgia beat Michigan. Uh, have you gotten over that loss yet? Because it still stings for me. <laughs> you know, this one doesn't sting as bad as, as some of the other losses in the past because uh, I kind of seen it coming. So th this is one of those years that um, – you know, I think every hundred years Georgia ends up with a good team, and uh, and this was their year. So we're gonna give them that, and uh, and we're gonna roll on to the next one. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, all right, let's let's talk about the new ride. Uh, you know, last year you and I talked. Uh, I know your fans, myself, and and more importantly, you were were bummed to only have a part time ride. Picked up a second part time ride with CR Seven, uh, but a team change now over at GMS. You know, talk uh, about how that all came to play yeah really um you know this time last year when, whenever i was kind of uh you know put back to part-time there um started going to work on figuring out hey how do, how do we prevent this from happening again how do we make sure we're in uh, championship equipment each and every year and i'm um, able to, to put that together for a couple years at gms racing and, and hopefully longer than that um you know gms is a, is a place that i have history with um been here before um you know for for I guess two and a half, three years um, in 14, 15, and 16. So I've maintained a good relationship with with all those guys, Maury Gallagher and Mike Beam, and and uh, and all the guys there at GMS Racing. So very, very fortunate to to be able to put the deal together with with them and and uh, my my friends at Champion Power Equipment um, were were obviously a, a big part of making this all happen. They're they're going to be on the truck for I believe 21 of the 23 races. So so they've upped their commitment. Um, we've we've got a, a ton of support with. Uh, with Chevrolet behind us this year, we've uh, we, man everything is uh, is put in place to, to have a championship um, team here with, with our 23 group. Um, you know we just haven't got the results to, to show it yet. With, with two races in, um, two not only two wrecks, two destroyed Chevy Silverados. I mean we have destroyed both of these at, at Daytona and Las Vegas. So uh, that's unfortunate. Um, but uh, but really overall. The, the strength of the team and the communication and, and the transition has been great. So, uh, so I feel like we'll get, get it turned around here pretty quick. That's awesome. You know, so how do you not get frustrated just knowing like what, you know, Daytona is Daytona, um, you know, and, and we all know the crap shoot that that can be just wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. You know, how, how do you not let that frustration set in there? Uh, who said I wasn't frustrated? Right. <laughs> well, how do you, <laughs> no, how, do you it, how do you avoid the mental <laughs> game of that uh, getting in uh, your head? 
you know, that, that's just uh, one of those things in, in racing and in my career of, of racing, it's always been quite the roller coaster with, with uh, plenty of, plenty of ups and plenty of downs. So you just got to do your best to, to put that behind you and, and know that, you know, heck we're, we're going to go to Atlanta and, and really I, I haven't seen anything on the schedule that, that I don't feel like we're truly capable of winning at. If we show up with our best and we have a good day, we can, we can win at any of these tracks. So, um, you know, that, that's what I'm focused on. That's what uh, Charles and Mike, our crew chief is focused on. So, um, you know, I, I think I'm probably a little bit more down than, than the guys are just, uh, just, just, uh, the word you use is frustrated and, and I am a little bit, but, but overall we'll, we'll put that behind us and, and, uh, be ready for Atlanta and, and um, speaking of Atlanta, that's that's one of those places I, I truly don't know what to expect there. We were we were fortunate enough to, to be able to do the tire test there. Um, but with the new configuration and new package, uh, we're running downforce trucks with Speedway Motors. Uh, so it's going to be a, a tight grouping throughout the field. It's uh, it's definitely going to be wild. So we're uh, we're definitely concentrating really hard on on trying to uh, make our best guesses for for how that race is going to play out and uh, and prepare the truck that way. Absolutely. You know, you picked up the win back in 2020 there. Um, yeah, it's 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 going to be crazy to see. Like you said, you know, the, the package that the trucks are bringing there with the reconfiguration, it is, I think it's going to be wild. Uh, you know, uh, it very well could be Daytona-esque there, uh, possibly. So that'll be definitely a, a fun one to watch. Um, you know, with the new team, um, you know, uh, I know you, you had a relationship with a lot of those guys, but uh, talk about getting adjusted, new crew chief, you know, new pit guys, uh, spotter, all that kind of stuff. You know, how long does it take for, for those, you know, bugs and kinks to get worked out once you're at the track to, you know, get that uh, communication, especially with your spotter, you know, to, to know that momentum, I guess, if you will, in terms of, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Brandon, there's always a transition period with working with new guys and, and different communication, different lingo. And, and um, you know, even like uh, you mentioned the spotter, my spotter this year is, is Mike Herman, who's uh, one of one of the best spotters on the roof on, on Sundays. And um, I, I've known Herm for, for, man, 10, probably closer to 15 years now. And, and we've always been buddies and, and stuff like this. Um, but now that he's fighting for me, you know, some of the stuff, some of the lingo comes across differently than, than, um, than I'm used to and stuff like that. So there's always a, a transition period. Um, the, the fact that we've communicated and, and talked together, even if it hadn't really been behind the car is, is always a good thing. Um, so hopefully that, that transition period is short, but it, it is, it, it's different, you know? And, and so it takes, takes time to, to get adjusted to that. And, um, you know, uh, you would like to think everybody's there is there, but not everybody's looking is the same, you know, as far as the, the spotter is called and stuff like that. And, and knowing, you know, how aggressive that, that he is means how aggressive that, that I can, you know, transfer that. So, um, you know, I think overall that, that stuff is going, going smoothly, but it, it is a transition. And, uh, and also our, our crew chief, Carlos Benike, he's, he's an engineer. Um, I've never worked with with an engineer uh, as a crew chief before, so uh, looking forward to that. Uh, we've we've had a lot of really really good talks over the last few months. Um, he's definitely a, a more of a data driven guy than, than than probably I am, or or you know some of the other guys I, I've worked with in the past. But uh, but he's definitely open minded to 
to, you know, an old school racer's point of view, or, hey, sometimes we, we don't exactly have an answer for this, but this has just historically been better, you know, and, and he'll, he'll listen to, to stuff like that. So I'm, I'm really, you know, looking forward to, to the rest of this year. And, and, um, once we get all our decks in a row, which, which honestly, like Vegas, we, we weren't great. You know, we, we weren't, we weren't bad, but, but we weren't great. Um, we're in line to, to finish fifth or sixth there and, and just, just kind of got a, a mistake, uh, you know, made by somebody else and, and kind of kind of uh, ended our day. But, you know, you, you'll have that. Hopefully we can get that done um, in the first two races of the year and we don't have to, to worry about any more bad luck for, for the other 21 races. Absolutely. Um, you know, kind of stepping into the, the senior veteran role at GMS now, you know, they, they, they went down just to two uh, and, and you got a, a young teammate in Jack Wood. Uh, talk about, you know, playing that mentor role and, and how it's been with uh, working with him. Yeah, that's definitely been different from from what I've been in the past. But uh, yeah, this is my sixth full season in the Trek series, so I'm able to to kind of have that that veteran leadership role that that I haven't had before. So yeah, definitely, um, you know, some some different responsibilities. Um, I feel like you know sometimes my voice is is maybe heard and and can kind of you know it sways some some things one way or the other if uh, if the organization is, is on a fence is on the fence about a direction so never really been in that position before and, and definitely looking forward to that role and and yeah jack's a really really nice kid um from from out west so we've uh, we've had some talks and and, and stuff like that and now uh, his uh, his year hadn't got started off uh, the way he's wanted it to so so hopefully we can get uh get both of these uh, trucks turned around here at atlanta for sure man uh you mentioned a little bit ago about uh your sponsor uh champion power uh equipment coming back with you making the move over uh you know up their game um you know what, what kind of stress does that take off you as a driver uh you know when you, when it's it's a almost a full season sponsorship done up front you know does uh, does that relieve stress throughout the season to just be able to go out there or you know or only having so many obligations for you know just one sponsor versus you know a handful that may be primary sponsors? You know, it's definitely a relief. It's something that, that every driver wants, um, you know, and, and uh, I think it's probably a, a relief to my, to my wife more than me, you know, just <laughs> um, a little less stress when, when you come back from the shop, knowing, knowing you're going racing the, the next week and um, can't say enough about Dennis Tron and, and, and Marty Richards and, and Todd Wellsbacher that have kind of stuck behind me for, seven or eight years now. So they, they definitely believed in, in me and, and my career as well as what racing does for, for champion power equipment. So that's uh, been something that's been pretty cool and, and pretty fortunate. We've, we've been able to, to grow together and we're able to, to actually spend a lot of time with those guys out on the West coast uh, last week before Vegas, we were able to, to go to the warehouse and also their headquarters out in Santa Fe Springs, uh, California. So, so yeah, those, those guys have, have been incredible to me and, uh, and yeah, Brandon is, it's definitely a relief to, to know, hey, you know, those, those guys are behind me. And, and, uh, and, and man, those guys are performance-driven, too. Like, they, they want to win races, and, and that's why they were so on board for, for, uh, for doing this deal this year. That's great, man. Uh, we've, we've talked about Atlanta. Uh, I want to get your thoughts, though. The race after Atlanta, the truck series is headed to Coda. Uh, you know, it was really exciting last year uh, with the Cup Series there. Uh, I love trucks on, on short tracks and road courses, uh, but what, what's Grant's take on going to Coda in the truck series? You know, uh, road courses are, are something that, that I've always 
more or less struggled at, you know, um, it's just something that, that hasn't come natural to me. Didn't, didn't do it growing up or, or anything like that. And, um, been fortunate to have the opportunity to, to, to do, you know, a road course or two a year for the last, um, you know, seven or eight years. And, and man, the last couple of years, I've put a lot of focus on it and, and worked really, really hard to, to kind of hone my craft. And, um, in Coda, I was actually able to, to show that last year with, with, um, you know, with, with good results and good practice and good speed the whole time and rain or shine, we, we were pretty decent and, and came home in, in fourth last year. So hopefully we can, uh, we can be a contender for, for the win this year. Uh, GMS has a, has a really good road course program. Um, like I said, I've been working really, really hard on my end. Um, I definitely, I, I would say I have no natural ability on the road courses, <laughs> but I, I have worked really hard to, to become better there. So man, I'm, I'm really looking forward to coding. And that's, that's one of those places, um, it's pretty intimidating but before you go there and, and I talk like I'm experienced. I've only been there one time, but, um, but, but definitely enjoy it. And, um, 20 turns and there is something, there is a little bit of everything there. there there's elevation change. There's, there's a few really, really high speed corners. Um, there, there's, three or four first gear like crawling corners there, there's a little segment that man we couldn't be going 30 or 40 miles an hour through and then there's a back straightaway that the man we we're probably pushing 180 or so on, down that back stretch so um there is something there there is a, a little bit of every track it is put in dakota and it's a it's a pretty cool place so definitely uh, looking forward to, to to getting there in a few weeks that's awesome man uh listen give a shout out to uh the the sponsors and all that and tell everyone where they can follow you on social media yeah, um, definitely the the big guys to, to thank this year are Champion Power Equipment, um, Allegiant Airlines, all our guys at, at GMS Racing and, uh, and Chevrolet. And uh, Chevy has put so much emphasis behind this 23 truck this year and, and can't say thank you enough um, for that. Um, but yeah, really, really easy to, to follow. It's just at Grand Infinger on, uh, on Twitter and Facebook. And, and uh, I do my best to, to, to keep everybody updated on, on what's going on. I love it, man. Awesome. Listen, huge thanks to you, man, for coming on. Uh, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Uh, best of luck this year, and I uh, look forward to getting you on another time or two down the road. All right. Thank you, Brandon. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Good luck uh, at Atlanta. Okay. We'll see ya. All right. Lap Traffic Nation. Grant Enfinger. Love talking to that guy. Uh, he's been on quite a few times over the seasons, which is just awesome. Love watching his career. Great guy. All that good stuff. All right, let's let's talk a little Xfinity racing from Phoenix here. A um, couple things stood out to me. One, man, uh, Noah Gregson obviously putting on a clinic, uh, almost captured the uh, trifecta with uh, stage one and two wins and the race win, uh, finished second there in stage one. But, uh, man, just, just a dominant performance from that nine car. And those are the things that we've gotten to see from him over the years where he will just – be lights out perfection uh or or we might see him in the wall sometimes but he seems to have that kind of figured out as he is our points leader by man, almost 40 points uh you know i know it's early four races in but uh just going out there and, and just kicking ass and taking names right now uh you know brandon jones in second someone else who's kind of you know we weren't sure what we were going to get from him but i mean for for me the talk is Trevor Bain. I mean, here's a guy that hasn't raced in a few years and goes out there and is just taking it by storm. You know, uh, led stage one, uh, finished fourth in stage two, finished fourth in the race. I mean, this guy's just 
it's like he hasn't missed a beat and that is just it's incredible to see and uh i i I just i love everything that's i love the story it's the cinderella story again for him like who would have thought you could have two cinderella stories which i think is absolutely fantastic um and someone else that really impressed with, uh, and that's Landon Castle. I mean, you guys know how much I love Colic Racing and wasn't sure, you know, what were we going to see out of Landon Castle this year? And, you know, Daytona's Daytona. I've said that a hundred times. You know, you really can't hold anything to that just because you can get caught up wrong time. But, uh, I mean, top 10 finish here. Uh, I, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what he's able to do. I think he's 13th or 14th in points, you know, few out of 12. Again, I understand it's early to be talking, you know, playoff situations, if you will, and points from that regard. But, uh, you know, impressed very much so far by what we've seen out of uh, Landon Castle this year. Uh, very excited to see what we get this weekend. Doubleheader on Saturday, Trucks and Xfinity. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, all right. The Cup Series. Here's where it's interesting, right? Because I actually talked about this on Blowing the Doors Off with Brett and Sherwin is, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I literally said this. Wouldn't be surprised if SHR's first win is not by Kevin Harvick. And sure enough, now granted, great day for Kevin Harvick. He was, he was up there, uh, finished third in stage two, uh, late restart, was starting second, just didn't have the momentum, uh, you know, to, to take the lead on this thing. And we all know how much Kevin Harvick used to love Phoenix. I'm not sure if he still loves Phoenix, but hey, what did he, he set a record, most consecutive top tens or something like that with 17. Uh, so maybe he does still love Atlanta now that I say that, but, um, you know, Two top tens for uh, for SHR, you know, and then Eric Almirola in 12th. So, I mean, they're there maybe, but picked up the win, and it wasn't Kevin Harvick. Like, you know, I wonder what that uh, odds, you know, the odds on that were. You know, I don't think the uh, betting sites get into that kind of detail there, but uh, I wonder what the odds would have been on Chase Briscoe as the first winner uh, of the season for SHR and you know Ross Chastain I mean just unbelievable uh, we're we're not far off from talking about two Ross Chastain victories um, I think he's finished second twice and and almost been able to get it done each race he needed I think another restart uh, to maybe be able to have a shot at it but I mean that's just an impressive run Tyler Reddick rebounding to a third place finish like that here here's your top five Chase Briscoe, Ross Chastain, Tyler Riddick, Ryan Blaney, Kurt Busch. Like, I mean, it's not Kurt Busch of SHR. No, 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 no. Um, you know, there, there's no Kyle Busch in the top five. There's no there's no uh, Kyle Larson in the top five. There's no Alex Bowman in the top five. There's no Joey Logano in the top five. Like, that's a crazy top five when you think about it. Um, you know, no, no, Kurt Busch, the only Toyota. I mean, that's... That's something to think about there as 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 we continue on early in 2022 to see uh, if those names are still names we're talking about. You know, Daniel Suarez, I get he had a little bit of an issue there on the track, but uh, he another top 10. Chris Bush, I mean, hey, uh, either either there is the parody that the new car said we were going to get uh, or or. Is it just that the teams haven't figured it out yet and are still working on it? Uh, you know, that's that's the million-dollar question right there. I hope it's the first, but uh, 
We shall see. And very excited. You know, I mean, it's Atlanta. What are we going to get? New track, new reconfiguration. Um, man, I, I'm curious. I think it's going to look a little bit Daytona-esque. Uh, we'll see. We'll see on Sunday. I, I can't wait. Cannot wait. All right. Let's do a little live traffic social media. Everybody, make sure you check out the website, thelabtrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, the Live Traffic Podcast, YouTube, Live Traffic Podcast. TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Lab Traffic PC. If you've made it you this far mail. into the show, go leave a review wherever you're listening. Go tell your friends to check out the show, the Lab Traffic Podcast. Uh, and hey, you guys were incredible this weekend with all of the retweets and all that. Picked up a good chunk of followers, less than 200, uh, about 190 to be exact, to go until we hit 6,000 followers on Twitter. And we'll give away that sheet metal and Chase Elliott race win diecast from Phoenix. Uh, I'm very excited about that. So, and speaking of some new followers, here are some shout outs. Uh, Squad Dad at the Squad Dad NASCAR fan, Xbox guy, uh, William uh, Nigel or Nigel. Not sure. At William uh, Nigel or Nigel 48. Joe Gibbs fan from Sandusky, Ohio, home. Oh, the greatest amusement park in the world, in my opinion, Cedar Point. Let's see here. Uh, thank you for riding the Magnum here at Cedar Point, America's roller coast. William, how'd I do? Did I nail it? You tell me. Uh, Brittany Pickering at B Pickering 28 NASCAR and football fan. Uh, Trey Seshi at Trey Seshi NASCAR fan from Arizona. Birdies and Burnouts at Birdies and Burnouts NASCAR fan and golf account. Some of my favorite things. Cannot wait to hit the golf course here, hopefully in a couple weeks if the weather pans out in Metro Detroit. Uh, Darren Kent at Boats 498, a Harvick and Briscoe fan. Hell yeah. Uh, Colby Evans at Start and Park Car Editor for the ARCA Racing Report. That's awesome. Welcome to the show. And uh, be love at Brandon underscore love 200 teacher, real estate agent and on air talent for 98 KUP Arizona's home for real rock. How'd I do there, man? Look at that. I was put on the spot twice by myself. I love it. Uh, Brandon, we have so much in common. We share the same name. Uh, I taught at a university for a few years. You're a real estate agent. Uh, I've, I've been in the mortgage industry for 20 years. You're on the radio. I'm on a podcast. So I love everything about it. Um, don't forget stickers, koozies. If you want some, go check out the website, thelabtrafficpodcast.com, and I will send you out some for free. Uh, just fill that out. I'll get them out to you. Uh, all right. Let's keep things rolling. Uh, let's get Brian Udorf on for some weather, and uh, we're, we're obviously going to talk some Big Ten college basketball. All right, Lab Traffic Nation joining me back on the line. It's been a minute, uh, and that's because I took last week off, but welcome back to the show, Mr. Brian Udorf. Sir, how are you, man? I am good. I it does feel like it's been a minute. It yeah. does. So uh, we, we've been racing, right? We've been. Uh, so, I mean, I'm sorry. We're so we are so in the thick of college basketball. This is you know. <laughs> yes. No. We are racing. Four races. Four different winners. Uh, but I mean, I teased it on the intro here before uh, I brought you on that we were talking college basketball. So I mean, let's let's start there, um, dude. Three seed playing Yale. Um, you know, tough game against Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. Um, you know, t tell me where you're at as far as uh, Purdue, the tournament, and uh, the big dance that's going to kick off here in a couple days. We are – Boilermakers are such self-defeatists. I will tell you that. Um, 
Hey, look, you're, uh, you're, I hear, I hear somebody making their podcast, uh, appearance during the segment here. So, uh, Oh, he yeah, you heard him? the baby in the background? <laughs> yes, I heard the baby in the background. <laughs> yes, yes. He uh he's he chiming said, in. I, I, trust me, he must be a future boilermaker as I, soon as I said something, <laughs> he uh <laughs> cried. Um Oh, I love no, it. No, okay, so I mean I will tell you this season the talent is there. There is absolutely no doubt that the talent for the boilermakers is there. And throughout the Big Ten season and the regular season there were there were there were benchmarks for this team and the team set them themselves it was to win championships the big 10 outright the the big 10 championship and throughout the season they had those opportunities even after that horrible loss to michigan we were still <laughs> in the thick of things i mean when we needed stuff to happen it happened except for during the games i mean i honestly when IU lost to a bank three-pointer, yeah, Purdue fans were like, see, how do you like that? Right. Yep. I mean, and it all started when we were number one and Ron Harper Jr. decides to launch a half-court shot that goes in. And then Wisconsin killed us. And Michigan, I mean, it, uh, it, we just, it was just like daggers all the time. There were at least four. Uh, I'll tell you, the last... The last five or six years, if a Big Ten team has made its way to the number one ranked spot any time throughout the season, Michigan hit it uh, a year or two ago. Uh, you guys hit it this year. Michigan State, you know, Michigan State is not the Michigan State of the, you know, early 2000s. But even still, you know, they've, they've I think, hit a number one spot any time a Big Ten team gets there. It is short-lived and proves to be a disaster for the rest of the season, I feel. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. We're not living up to our potential. You're asking my thoughts on the tournament. So, um, well, listen, Iowa's hot. And I can see Iowa, if they keep playing like they're playing, they could make it to the Final Four. I mean, they are just playing extremely well. But with that in mind, you're not going to win games when you turn the ball over 17 times. Right. I mean, yeah. Iowa did just enough to Iowa did what they needed to do to win and Purdue did exactly what it needed to do to lose. Sure. So um, I, I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Iowa and their big 10 uh, championship tournament championship because, you know, but I mean, we were in there, we made that huge, like seven, seven point run with like 45. So we made seven points in 45 seconds to bring that deficit down. And then we just couldn't do anything. And, you know, that's, that's the frustrating thing. And when you turn the ball over, I mean, can Purdue get to the final four? Yes. Will they, you know, you're, you're, we're, we're nervous. We're, you know, and then of course I am, I don't, I'm not worried about Yale. Are you going to, are, are you going to cover are, the 15 and a half? Oh no, no. Take Yale, <laughs> take Yale, take Yale to cover, take Yale. You know, that's, that's, that's the way we've been playing all season. You're better to take the, yeah. Um, um if you're, did you, that, that's, did you fill out your bracket yet, or are you still? Not yet, not okay. yet. I'm kind of waiting. Okay, so one of the questions I have on my bracket, a couple of things I'm watching. Obviously, you know, I don't know. Michigan is such a disappointment. I mean, you got the talent, but I literally do hate your coach and Dickinson. 
I mean, Dickinson just like he, in my opinion, just like limped around all year. I don't think he showed up. I mean, as a big man in the Big Ten, I think he did just enough. And I, I mean, to be honest, I don't I don't necessarily blame him. You know, I, I think early on it was discovered they ain't going anywhere and he knows he's going to get drafted and he did just enough to stay healthy, in my opinion, because he he did not scrap like he scrapped last year uh, in the paint and, and doing what he does. In my opinion, it was it was a ho hum performance out of Dickinson. Yeah, and he's not, he, and he's not, yeah, and he's not living up to his gesture or his t shirt. And if anybody doesn't know, he does a gesture after he does a three, which is come on. Yep. And the other thing is, he's got a shirt that says Big Dickinson Energy. <laughs> I did see that. That's yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. There's no energy. There's no I energy. mean, him, him, <laughs> him and Brad Davidson are the two most punchable people in the big 10. <laughs> maybe me may, and maybe Bohannon. I love it. I, love I mean, it. The, good, the, the good news for big 10 fans is that Bohannon and Davidson of Wisconsin get to retire from big 10 basketball and spend time with their grandchildren. <laughs> Hey, listen, man, I, I would take – I'm pulling it up right now as, as we speak. I would definitely take Colorado State. I don't even think Michigan has really a chance. I'm looking to see what the spread is on this one too as, uh, as we're looking at it here. Let's see what it is. Um, wow, they're actually giving Mich- – uh, so ESPN predictor has Michigan no, with a 73% chance yeah, of winning. Yeah, don't wow. look at the predictor. That that predictor on ESPN is it's brutal. Look at the line. And it's, look it's, at the line. It's only two and a half. Yeah, that's a better. And then <clears> uh, is it Col- I'm going to ask my son here. No, it's not Colgate. Who does uh, Ohio State play? Crichton? Oh, Lola, uh, sorry the uh, the Fighting Sister Jeans. Yes, yes. I would I would take I would take Loyola on that one. Let's see what that one's looking like. What's the? Uh, it was even last time I checked. My son uh, here is my analytics guy. Yeah, yeah my son, it is even. Wow, that's heads um, up. I do like, so speaking of some of the Big Ten games, so the reason I haven't filled out my bracket is I think if Rutgers can win, they can beat Alabama. So, yeah, I think Rutgers can beat Alabama, but if Notre Dame wins that play-in game, uh, then I would take Alabama in that situation. So I think Rutgers is scrappy enough, and believe it or not, so I'm going to shock people. If you have any IU fans who listen, Indiana fans who listen to the podcast, I'm a big Boilermaker. I mean, I, I trolled them. If you follow my Instagram, I had a special sweatshirt made in the Indiana font that said Indonesia to make fun of them misspelling their jersey when they went to Iowa in football. And it's too smart for most IU fans because it, it's in that script, and it, your eyes just look at it, and you can't tell that anything's wrong with it. Um, but um, I think I, I want to see IU do well. Uh, I was nervous for them. I didn't think that. I thought they were going to get hosed. I thought they were going to literally get hosed. And I'm going to I'm going to say from a selection standpoint, I don't like our I don't like our re, I don't like our bracket. Um, I thought we were after we made that run and made it to the championship game. Everybody had pretty much, and after everybody losing ahead of us in the uh, two seed category, I thought that put us as a nice solid number two seed, and we were to play in Indianapolis. I uh, I and then I would have assumed you guys we would have been a two. Yeah. Yep. And then they put us in with the uh, – they, they totally did this on purpose. They put us in with the potential of meeting Texas, which is anybody who's a Purdue fan, it's got Chris Baird, and he's a Purdue killer. He beat us with – he knocked us out with Arkansas State. He knocked us off with Texas Tech. Um, 
and he could do it with Texas. But I think we can beat them. The question is, is what Purdue team, if we can play and not try so hard and just do simple stuff and not turn the ball over and make our free throws like anything else, we will be fine. But right now, um, on a lot of milk cartons across Indiana, we're looking for our three-point shot. So if anybody sees it, please call local authorities and let uh, West Lafayette know if you found it. So you guys just need to play fundamental basketball with the talent that you have, and you should be all right. Yeah, we should. We should. We, we really should. And of course, I know you're. I know. I know you. How you? It's you know. It's Michigan State. But how can you can't? You can never. I. You can never sleep on Izzo in uh, in March. No, no. I mean, they will either. They they will either get knocked out uh, in the first round or the round of thirty-two, or they'll get to the final four. I agree 100%. It is just something that Izzo does. It's just something that the team does. Um, I don't think anybody, they, Izzo still has enough credibility behind him. Nobody wants to play them. I don't care if, I don't care if Michigan State was a 16 seed, the one seed would not want to play Tom Izzo at Michigan State just because you just never know what could possibly happen. And then you've got that. Then you got that possibility of maybe Duke, Michigan State. Yeah, that's oh man. You remember remember those and, days? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you know, Izzo's. You know, you got to think Izzo's not too far behind. Uh, Coach K. No, Izzo retired. I mean, Izzo's oh, yeah. still coaching, but I mean, his time is is got to oh, be yes. coming up gotta pretty be. soon gotta be you know know, they had so many shots at getting the second one and they never made it happen it's like you know what's i don't know how many different i don't know how many uh incoming people he's you know said i'll be there for if he's you know waiting to hold those commitments maybe or something like that but yeah you got to think like it's what we're going on 20 plus years like uh yeah i'm i'm surprised he hasn't already to be honest so yeah it's i think he's he's the last of He's the last of the OG co- coaches. Mm-hmm. 100%. In a lot of ways. Yep. I'm with now, you. Now, one more. Okay. So, one more possible um, upset if everything plays out. Now, obviously, um, this is maybe more wishful thinking because not only if we get past um, if we get past Yale and then we get past either Virginia Tech or um, Texas, we've got Kentucky potentially waiting for us. Oh, yes, In the you Sweet do. 16. Yep. Yeah. So here is my second round potential upset. All right. Yeah. I'm just going to put it out there. I told my son this. We were asking, and there's just something inside of me that says I want to watch this one. Okay. In the second round is a good possibility. You've got Murray State and Kentucky and Indianapolis, both Kentucky schools. Definitely Kentucky's going to travel very well to Indianapolis. Yeah. But Murray State's hot. And for as many Kentucky fans you're going to have in Indianapolis traveling, you're going to have just as many non-Kentucky fans. <laughs> it's very possible you've got a lot of IU fans, and you know IU fans hate Kentucky. They probably they may hate Kentucky maybe more than they hate Purdue. Sure. And then you've got Purdue fans who probably are going to go to Indianapolis because they thought Purdue was going to Indianapolis. Yep. So, and I, Murray State's just south of Paducah. It's not very far from Evansville. It's a, definitely a travel there as well. So they're going to get a fan base there. And, you know, I'm, it's that human element. Can, you know, if you get that little dog, get some, uh, goes after the big guy in Kentucky, 
I uh, that's 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 what I'm watching. I think that's a possible second round upset if it comes true. Which, like I said, that's very well me not wanting to see Kentucky in right. the Sweet Sixteen. Murray State but, over Kentucky, man, that would be that'd be something. But Murray State's like a seven seed. Yes. So it's not that. So it's a seven two is not. That's not a. It's not far fetched. It's not a huge. It's no. not like it's like twelve. You know, it's not like a huge upset. So, um, yeah, that's my one I'm watching. All right, uh, last one, last question for you. Then we can do some weather. Uh, is there is there a uh, is there a Cinderella story in here? Is there a twelve thirteen seed that you think might uh, might make a make a little noise? I think. I mean, I think. I think Indiana can make it to the Sweet Sixteen. Okay, it's hard to say. It's hard to call Indiana a Cinderella right. because it's Indiana. But and I hate to say it with all my heart, but they got it pretty easy. They're going to play Wyoming. Yep. Uh, in a play-in game, and I they should, and they're in. A, they're going to be in Dayton tonight. This is Tuesday, by the way. They're going to be in Dayton tonight, which is not far. And uh, fans are going to travel. Yep. So that one should be like a home game. And then they play. Now, granted, that in Portland, I think they. I mean, granted, St. Mary's will have a could have a good turnout there, but I think they could take if they play like they did against Iowa and they play like they did in the Big Ten tourney. Um, they could beat St. Mary's. And so they could they could find their way into the Sweet Sixteen to play Gonzaga. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, yep. So or no, it would be UCLA. It would be UCLA in the Sweet Sixteen, right? In the next. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. UCLA. I'm asking my yep. son. Yep. It'd yeah. Be UCLA. UCLA. Yep. It would be UCLA, and then they'd have to play Gonzaga in the Elite. Uh, or no, I don't know. It, it would, would be or, Gonzaga in the Sixteen. I just okay, Gonzaga the, in the seat. That's right. Yeah, I keep forgetting they have, they have to play an extra game, so they could beat St. Mary's. Uh, yeah, I mean it's kind of a Cinderella, the playing game getting to the second, you know, the second whatever. But a, a twelve, I don't know. I don't see. I don't think there's a lot that stands out here. And then obviously, you know, a lot of people would go against who does Wisconsin? I'm sorry, my son's over here and he knows all this stuff. Who does Wisconsin play? Colgate. Colgate. Yeah, a lot of people in Illinois. A lot of people would just place Chattanooga, and a lot of people would have take Chattanooga if it wasn't Illinois. So. You know they put the put they they put the Big Ten in some interesting. The selection decided I don't really like the Big Ten. Right. So let's yeah. see. <laughs> we're gonna play. We'll give them nine teams, but we're not gonna like them that much to do anything. Sure. Yep. I'm with you. Uh, all right, man. Well, best of luck to you guys, and uh, curious to see what we're talking about here in a couple weeks. Um, all right, uh, we are traveling. Yes, to all the fans, we are sorry to interrupt your uh, normal NASCAR podcast for right, college basketball. basketball. <laughs> hey, it's... once we get. Six seasons into this thing, they're used to it at this point. <laughs> I know. Listen, I mean, I, I, I do like the fact that we're getting some new stuff, and we talked about this off the air. And, you know, I, I'm noticing some of the penalties and, you know, Larson with the steering wheel issue. And, I, I you know, I'm like, we were talking about this, and, you know, I, I think they need to – it's becoming more rock, and I can understand why fans are frustrated. You know, long gone are the days of – watch it on Sunday, drive it on Monday. And I mean, I know we know that's been gone for a long time, but why have engineers and, and, you know, engine people and stuff like that if, you know, ultimately they're going to get penalized for trying to be innovative? Yeah, I mean, that's that's long been a criticism. You know, it's it's how much how much leeway do you give? Uh, you know, do, do you give thresholds and things like that? And, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I mean. I'm, I mean, F1 is F1. I mean, you know, I know it's – it's maybe not as still as big as it could be in the States, but F1, you know, does what they do and they're huge across the world. And there's some innovation. They give engineers and their teams and what they do is important to the success of a team. 
Absolutely. You know, you're NASCAR, be NASCAR. You know, each each racing sport, I think, has its own things that, you know, maybe can be borrowed to some degree, um, you know, but be your own sport and and have your own personality and, and character and, you know, change the game a little bit. You know, go, you know, and we've seen NASCAR over the last couple of years, you know, uh, get a little creative, whether it's from a schedule, whether uh, it, it's it's from different horsepower packages and things like that, you know. Be your own and, and, you know, just I think the fans, you know, the fans obviously want to see, you know, better on track competition. And I think the fact that NASCAR had an incredible turnout at Fontana in California, which is a place they have struggled to draw one, you know, they hadn't been there in a minute. Uh, so fans were excited to get back out, uh, you know, and NASCAR's doing that. You know, they are making some changes. So, you know, continue to embrace the change. And if, you know, it's you're never going to please all the fans. You're going to have everyone that's going to find something to complain about. But as long as people are tuning in and people are showing up, uh, who cares what, you know, you know, Bob one two three four on Twitter with no profile picture has to say about it. You know? <laughs> exactly. So you know that's that's where I'm at. So uh, speaking of which, we are we are headed to Atlanta, which you know new new configuration, new track. Um, I'm excited to see what we're gonna get. How is the uh, weather shaping up this weekend, sir? Well, yeah, Atlanta. You can always ask Aaron and I. Atlanta is one of these. There's, you know the story, and I wish I could go into more detail. It's somewhat of a black cloud of uh, for Aaron <laughs> and I, uh, pun intended. Yes. I, you know, some of the reason why I, – I almost want to give it away. It's been so many years since all this stuff has happened. But um, essentially, Aaron and I are not – NASCAR is not fans of us because, heaven forbid, we literally got a forecast correct. Yes, I remember and this. Yes. Back back in <laughs> back in the day, they you know when fans weren't showing. I mean, everybody got it right. It may not have even been us. The forecast called exactly everything it was calling for. That like it's like, it's like, it's like it was that was that first that first time they brought Atlanta back and they did it in March. It was right before the forecast guarantee, whatever. You know, and so you, you're you're racing in the southeast in March. I mean, you're racing in the east in March. You live in Michigan. I live in southern Indiana, northern Kentucky. You're going to get volatile weather. It just it's just the nature of spring. Sure. So, but um, it looks good right now. The, the the couple things that we're looking at, and eventually that will be a story. Um, I'm proud of the fact that Aaron and I continue to we haven't changed ourselves because of what we went through several years ago. Uh, but it, we, we definitely, um, uh, NASCAR's became, NASCAR and the track of Atlanta became, uh, not fans of us Yeah, for well, that reason. You know, I mean, y- you guys do what you do and, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, like you guys have always said, you're never going to tell somebody not to go to the track. You're always going to give people the information for them to make the best decision possible for their individual circumstances. I want, ultimately I'm a fan who happens to be a meteorologist. All right. Aaron is the same way. We do this for our fellow fans. We want fans to go and have a good time because if they have a good time, they're likely to go back to the track. All right. If they go and they have a horrible time, they're not going to go back. Yep. Period. You have a horrible experience. 
you ain't going back to a race. And I mean, and that may be, and I want, I had people, plus it's expensive. It's yeah. expensive to go to a track and spend the money and do that and travel. You know, hotels around tracks. I like Michigan is a great example. I mean, I've literally stayed in Toledo when I would travel and go to the race at Michigan. I drive and stay in Toledo or South Bend and drive to the racetrack so I can find a cheaper hotel. Sure. You know, because the prices are just uh, horrible. And, yep. you know, families want to go and you want to be family friendly. I tell all, all I want is fans to go back and have a good time because then they'll go back to a racetrack again and not give up on the sport. And, you know, you're right. I've never told anybody not to go. Or, you know, I mean, there's only a few times where Aaron and I have literally said, okay, this is a washout. Yeah. Be prepared for the next day. And we don't like saying that. No, no. So with that in mind, now that we transition into that, um, it actually looks fairly good. The only concern is a, a, a system Friday into Saturday with a cold front. And this early out, the, the, always the big question is timing. Uh, so looking at things, the, the front, the possibly latest, will be out of there by, say, um, noonish on Saturday, maybe sooner. Um, not going to have a lot of temperature change. But, we're, I mean, I think if you're looking at wet weather, it's probably Friday. Um, and then, uh, no issue there. We got double header on Saturday, so we're good. So yeah. And then Saturday and then Sunday right now looks good. I don't think, I don't, I think I'd say 80 to 90% odds of racing for Sunday. And just for those people who are asking if I'm saying Sunday's great, why am I still leaving 20 to 10% uh, for not raising because it's Tuesday. That's why. (laughs) Yes. Fair enough. Yes. CYA. CYA. Yeah, you will rarely this far out. If you listen to the podcast long enough, I don't know I've ever given a hundred percent odds on the podcast for racing this far out. True story. True story. Yes. Oh, good tough. Good stuff, man. Well, uh, listen, man, it was it was great to catch up with you. Great to talk a little basketball. Uh, I know you're driving right now, so uh, safe uh, commute the rest of your way there. Uh, I hope you enjoy the uh, kickoff to March Madness here in a couple days and look forward to catching up with you here soon. Yeah, I hope so, too. I'm happy to be working overnights this week. And so, uh, yeah, having a 2 o'clock game on Friday is like right when I'm going to be waking up. So, uh, <laughs> but right. I'll be up, no doubt about it, even if I'm going to, even though I'm going to bed at like 8 that morning. No, hey, you know, boiler up, you know, let's let's cheer on the Big Ten at least. And um, I will say for all the Boilermakers who happen to follow, um, you know, I love this team. It's very talented. It's a once in a generation potentially kind of talent we have on this team. But and if we don't make it to the final four, I, I would say it's a disappointing season. I hate to say that, but, you know, if we want to be considered a big boy program, eventually you got to start winning stuff. Absolutely. I mean, that's been the talk Michigan football. Hey, put your big boy pants on and go and do something. So I, I feel you there. Um, all right, man. Well, we will catch up with you in a couple weeks. Uh, we'll have Studwell next week. Everybody, make sure you follow Brian on Twitter at NASCAR underscore WXMAN, along with and Aaron Studwell Aaron. Yep. at Weather. Uh, sir, we'll catch you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All the best, man. Thanks, man. We'll see you. Great to catch up with Brian Newdorf. All right, you guys hear some dogs barking. You know what that means. It is time for this week's Lucky Dog and Lap Down Picks. You guys know the drill after race weekend. You can tweet your Lucky Dog Lap Down Picks. I'll read them on the show. Tag you guys on social media. Uh, I am really excited to give a Lucky Dog Pick to Stuart House Racing. 
I feel like it's been a minute since I've been able to do that. So uh, that's my lucky dog of the race weekend. My lap down are my lap traffic fantasy picks because we are off to a horrible start after just barely making the playoffs last year with a first-round exit. I, I really wanted to uh, to come out strong this year, and it has been the exact opposite. So lap down to my fantasy picks. All right, let's get to your picks. Scott at 1985 Wagner, lucky dog Chase Briscoe, first-time winner. Lap down tie for Kyle Larson and Martin Truex Jr. Not names you see at the bottom of the field, 100%. Uh, Chad at Chad Ilrench 3, lucky dog Harvick, Tyen Sr. and Petty for most consecutive top 10s at a single track with 18. I love it. Lap down for me not being able to attend Phoenix. Man, I feel you. I can't wait to get back to the racetrack this year. Uh, Colin at Colin underscore with underscore cars. Lucky dog to the first-time winner, Chase Briscoe. Lap down to the aluminum wheel it's going to take more than a few stacked pennies to fix LaJoy's car I love puns Colin and that was beautiful I love it yeah we, we definitely have some wheel issues I mean damn thing you know rotor and all uh roll it around on the racetrack uh that's that's crazy uh eric at ecs324 lucky dog to noah gregson getting his first xfinity win of the season a lap down to hms frustrating and after a great start to the race i feel you there uh, jess at iowa nascar fan lucky dog briscoe one of the very few blue collar racers in the cup series right now been a long road but he is a winner a lap down the 12th pick crew Blaney has had the best cat a lot this year, best car a lot this year and consistently loses spots and races on pit road 100% there and Scott at uh, WA Big Amma Lucky Dog Ryan Ellis racing dude's killing it in the team alpha prime ride lap down Toyota in the cup series so bad so bad i feel you well i'm gonna be rolling with a toyota pick this week for my lap traffic fantasy pick uh to hopefully rebound on some things but probably not knowing my luck all right well was supposed to have another guest for you guys uh unfortunately a late minute cancellation but christian will be on next week that's already been confirmed so uh We'll, we'll see what he has for us next week. But right now, all right, Lap Traffic Nation, let's close this thing out with a little Lap Traffic Fantasy. Just a reminder, get your picks in by 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. We are four race weekends into segment one. Uh, it's it's not over by a long shot. The Things are so close. It's great. I love it. Don't forget to use hashtag LT Fantasy when talking about it on Twitter. And joining me on the line, uh, one of the two guys that had uh, a week high this past week, it is B. Wayne Brett Morris from Blowing the Doors Off. What's up, brother? How are you? What's going on, Brandon? How are you, man? Not too bad. Uh, just uh, sulking over the IU loss and uh, ready to uh, get some racing going at Atlanta. Dude, man, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Uh, Michigan, they're going to get blown out uh, opening <laughs> weekend here. There is no way they are going to be able to go and beat Colorado State, who is a pretty de strong defensive team, man. Like, uh, you know, you and I were talking on, on Twitter this weekend, like, uh, IU got screwed. Those should have been flipped. Like, I just, I don't understand uh, how Michigan got in there and, and limped their way in after losing opening round Big Ten tournament. Uh, you know, I think the, the committee put a little extra stock in them beating OSU, I think. But that's about it. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, as far as IU being a play-in game against Wyoming, you know, if if they win that game, which I think they will, I think IU can be a very dangerous team in the NCAA tournament. It's Indiana. How are they not? You know, those are you know, they just, just built for it. You yes. Know? Yes. They're one of those teams like, you know, Michigan State can go out and have the worst year possible. But once they get to the tournament, Izzo's going to have them dialed in to, to, you know, being ready to go. And you never know. Izzo can just he sometimes just backs his way in. No pun intended to Alex Bowman. But he <laughs> might back his way into, you know, a final four appearance. You know, it's it's been done. Yeah, and there's not like a, a clear leading team in um, college basketball that you think is just going to come out there and kind of just walk their way into a Final Four. Um, these teams uh, in, this, in the bracket, the way it's set up, these teams are really going to have to earn earn their wins. You know what I mean? It's it's a good – I feel like it's a good bracket, and, it, and it's really hard to bet with, I feel like. With the way I looked at it, I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. I, it, those teams, some of those games can be big, big traps. Absolutely. Well, you know, you look at Gonzaga, right? I mean, obviously Gonzaga is good. Uh, but I think they played one ranked opponent all season, you know? So it's like, you know, once once Gonzaga gets to, you know, the Sweet 16 Elite Eight, you know, th- that that's always where I think the traps can follow when you get when you have these schools that don't play in as competitive um you know, division like Big Ten. I mean, Big Ten's so stocked or stocked, stacked all around, you know, who knows? Gonzaga might fall again. They probably won't. They'll probably at least get to the final four. But it's like I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't just because, you know, what? who are they really? It's hard to tell when you're playing some community colleges throughout the season. And, and I think that's where Michigan got in over – Indiana on a seed because IU's preseason schedule is just horrific. They need to get in some tourneys or whatever, like the Maui Invitational back in the day used sure. to be a, yeah. a big thing for teams. And I don't know. Um, Michigan's in there. You know, any Big Ten team, I feel like, can surprise some people. And when we're talking about betting, you know, those those eight, nine seed games are really hard to bet on because, you know, it's just a flip, um, you know, like – Throw a, a coin up in the air because sometimes you just don't know who's going to win it. I'll take the over. <laughs> <laughs> right? Just give me sure. the over on those. Oh, man. I love it. All right, man. Well, uh, Lab Traffic Nation, as I mentioned at the start of the show, I didn't do a show last week, but I was on Blowing the Doors Off, hosted by Brett and Sherwin, formerly of the PETM podcast, and had a great time uh, on your guys' show last week. We talked everything from, from betting to NASCAR to uh, – smoking meat and sharing some recipes and we had an absolute great time so uh go check them out give them a follow all that good stuff i'm sure uh brett and sherwin will be on a few times this year and vice versa i had a blast man that was a lot of fun absolutely man and anybody that checks us out we have like a little giveaway going oh that's right right. yes uh ross chastain uh 42 hat when he was with chip canassi but uh, assigned clover uh, hat and it, it's it's pretty cool little giveaway excellent yes go follow i love that uh all right man so here's here's the deal uh you and scott uh tied for 102 points this week which was uh good for first place with grexon and elliot uh you picked up two bonus points one for grexon and then one for uh week high uh my 
ass, uh, you know, got a whopping 39 points because Martin Truex Jr. scored me a whopping two. Uh, yeah, so there's that. And uh, let's see, top 10 is Scott in first place with 404 points. Justin Hughes in second with 373. Kevin Hahn and Tony Salt are tied for third with 371. Henry Fletcher in fourth with 369. Don James in fifth with 361. Uh, Steven uh, from DFS NASCAR is in sixth with 360. Michael Mason in seventh with 359. Alan Cavana in eighth with 351. Brad Carnes in ninth with 344. And Jason Dickus and Jeremy Waterbury tied for 10th with 343. Uh, but all the way through, I mean, I'm in 50th and have 268 points, and I'm not throwing the towel in. So uh, it's still anybody's game. We're only four. Four weeks into this bad boy, so uh, keep them coming. Bonus points. Uh, Kevin and Scott have four. Jason's got uh, three. Benton Wilson, Jumpy Bob, Brett Morris, Don James, Eddie Greer, Henry Fletcher, Josh Rolfe, and Josh Neal all have two, and a bunch of people have one bonus point. So, uh, Brett, where, where are you at in the standings? I forgot to look. I, I, I last time I looked, I was like 34th. So okay. if I was high high this week, I'm probably a little higher than. All that. right, so you're creeping up there. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, what do you say? You ready to make some picks? Hell yeah! All right, live traffic fantasy players. We are headed back east with our first trip to the newly repaved and newly reconfigured Atlanta. Uh, we used to love this track for the tire wear, the old school track feel. Not sure we can rely on trends. You know, this thing might look like Daytona Talladega. Could we see some old school favorites like Kevin Harvick maybe dominate this thing? We will find out. Uh, Brett, what do you think? What are we going to get in Atlanta this weekend? You know, I'm so ready to check it out. You know, you hear all the the testing and everything went like a Talladega, Daytona. You know, like, is Super Speedway Racing going to play into you know everything so like then you when you looking at your picks you're looking at you know who's good at racing at a super speedway so i'm very excited to get the weekend started probably what i'm most excited about is like you i like i watch i like watching some truck racing man dude you know what i mean i'm with you i'm with you i i wish it was a friday night race i love the double headers but man there's just something about like ending the day with work couple beverages and a nine o'clock friday night truck race like i just you know even eight whatever i just i just love trucks on a friday night uh but the fact that it's a double header on saturday you know it's the thing with that is it's hard to commit to both of those you know and it's like well trucks right. for me is going to take precedent you know so but yeah i'm i'm ready absolutely i'm ready all right man who do you got for the truck series I'm going to go Chandler Smith. Chandler Smith. I like that. Uh, Scott sent me his pick, so I'm going to read his as well. So Scott's going with John Hunter. And, you know, John Hunter has not done well. Uh, I haven't lost a lot of points because a lot of people take John Hunter. But uh, I'm going to I'm gonna roll with John Hunter till I get a win with John Hunter. So uh, John Hunter for me for the moment as well as Scott. Uh, over to the Xfinity Series. Who do you got? I'm going to go Josh Berry. Man, I so thought about him, and I was going to take him if it wasn't a repave and it wasn't a reconfigure because, you know, he races those super late models. I'm like, man, old school track, tire wear, like I think that would play into Josh Berry's game. But um, I'm actually repeating Scott's pick as well for the Xfinity Series, and we're both going with Daniel Hamlet. 
Well, I'm glad that I'm not on the same picks as you guys because I think last time I did this, we had the same picks, and then I turmoil. We totally it's it. turmoil. Yes, I hear you. Uh, all right, man. Cup Series. Who do you got? You know, I, I'm going to write a hot hand here. You know, I thought about this pick. You know, you, you text me and said that I was uh, tied for week high if I wanted to come on, and I thought about it and I thought about it and. I'm going to go Ross Chastain. Ooh, you know what, man? I like that. That is solid. Uh, they are stepping up as a team and as an organization. Uh, again, another Ross, we're two restarts away from talking about two victories for Ross Chastain, two races into this thing. So I absolutely love that pick. A little bit of a gamble early on, man. I think that's a great pick. I love it. Uh, Scott is going with uh, Reddick who, again, he's someone that's just victory lane bound at some point, in my opinion. Uh, and I am going with uh, the 18, Kyle Busch, something new, uh, you know, new track. Uh, I need to make up some ground, so I'm going to go to the well for an old reliable pick here and hope Kyle Busch can get me some points. Yeah, I mean, didn't he score the first win for Toyota Atlanta? I do believe that sounds about right for me. Yes, sir. So maybe it pays off for you. Um, yes. All right, man. Uh, where can everybody follow you and uh, check out the show? Yeah, you can follow me personally on Twitter at bwayne8589. You can check um, Blowing the Doors Off on Twitter and Instagram. And then off anywhere you can find a podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, anywhere you can find it. Blowing the Doors Off podcast, weekly show, talking some NASCAR. You get me being the goofy redneck that i am then you get sure when the smart analytic kind of guy and it's and it's a good combination so it's a great show to check out i love it all right man hey thanks so much and uh we'll catch you soon man absolutely man thank you yeah we'll see ya all right lab traffic nation there you have brett that is going to do it for episode 272 of the lab traffic podcast make sure you check out the website the lab traffic podcast.com facebook the lab traffic podcast twitter at lab traffic pc don't forget about the contest. Less than 200 to go. Huge thanks to Grant Enfinger, Brian Rudolph, Brett Morris for calling into the show tonight. Next week, I got Chad Wood from GMS. We're going back-to-back with GMS drivers. Christian Cole will be on, and uh, we'll have Aaron Studwell. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Make sure you tune in each and every week to the Live Traffic Podcast. See ya!